This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode number 84. Randy Moss, pull your 84 jerseys out. That's exactly what I was thinking, the Randy Moss <laughs> episode, baby. Yeah, I'm here with the Jackson Stover. I'm Peter Mitchell. We had an incredible week seven in the NFL, and we're just going to get right into it this week. I mean, we both know there's been tons and tons of NBA news coming out between Daryl Morey joining with the Philadelphia 76ers as their president of basketball ops, Steven Silas joining the Houston Rockets as their head coach. We had Bjorkgren joining the Pacers last week. So much to talk about with the draft incoming in a month, but we're going to do all of that next week on the show, dedicate this whole show to the NFL. And Jackson, what do you got for us today? Where are we starting? Well, I think we're starting with our week seven awards. And like you were saying, the football was just simply too good this weekend to not give it a full episode. So we'll be back with the NBA next week. But starting it off with my first week seven award, the fantasy MVP goes to who else other than Tyler Lockett? Harvard Middle School. 918 product, baby. Booker T. Washington High School. He went nuts. 15 grabs, 200 yards three TDs, that might have been the absolutely stupidest game I've ever seen from a wide receiver. It's up there on my books of craziest wide receiver performances I've ever seen. And one of those touchdown grabs, maybe even two of them now that I think about it, it was like, ah, no, he didn't catch that. And then you look at it again and it's son of a bitch, he did catch that. And if you were playing against him in fantasy, I'm sorry, because that was just ridiculous what he did. Yeah, I had him in two leagues, so I was absolutely loving it. What do you have in common with Tyler Lockett? Uh, We both went to the greatest high school in America. Together too, though. No, I went to Edison. I went to middle school. Oh yeah, duh. Whatever. I'm getting. I'm getting everything mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) The Tulsa legend, I guess, putting up 15 for 203 scores. He had the one-hander on the first play from scrimmage. Incredible catch on that, I don't know what, rainbow from Russ. And then, yeah, yeah, the toe-tap touchdown. I mean, he's incredible. He had two down weeks before that going into the bye. I know a lot of people were like, oh, should I sell him now, whatever? No, absolutely not. Tyler Lockett will probably end up the year as a top-ten receiver. You should own every share of this offense that you can between those two receivers, Russ and Chris Carson, who's banged up right now. But when he's back, I mean, this offense is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I mean, hey, go pick up Carlos Hyde if he's still available in your fantasy league. He's probably not. But with Carson out this week, he's due for a big week because that offense just moves the ball like crazy. And they have no defense, so you don't have to worry about them ever blowing anyone out and just running the ball the entire game and Russ not cooking because they can't play a normal game like everyone says. So (laughs) you're guaranteed a shootout every time the Seahawks play. Right. My fantasy MVP, this was just as easy as the Tyler Lockett selection. The one and only Devontae Adams finally back in week one form. 13 for 196 in two touchdowns. He was hot right out of the gates this week. Put up 44.6 PPR points. And guess what? He is home versus Minnesota this coming week where he dropped 41.6 in week one against those young corners. Oh, you got to love it if you're a Devontae Adams owner. That connection is cooking back up now that he's finally healthy. 
Yes, I do love it as a Devontae Adams owner. I am just hoping he stays healthy. Knock on wood. But uh, yeah, he balled, lock it balled. It was a hell of a week for wide receivers. Yeah, I had two honorable mentions. Justin Herbert, he was the third high scorer on the week with 38.48. And Kyler Murray, 37.1, QB1 on the season so far. Yes, sir. Don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back too hard, but uh, I think we were right about Kyler Murray. So on to the next award. It is the Hold My Beer Award. And speaking of Kyler Murray, it's going to the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray because... really. Yeah, in this game, after the DK Metcalf chase down, it's looking like, well, okay, after the Metcalf chase down and then they stall out on the goal line and don't get any points, it's looking like, yeah, Seattle's got this game on lock. Arizona's down 10. They're not going to be able to get back into it. And they said, hold my beer. This game's going to OT. And even in OT, after it looked like it was over, they iced themselves on the field goal, which was very questionable decision making on Kingsbury's part but they get the pick they go ahead drive down the field get the field goal to win it and they said hold my beer Seattle we're the best team in this division there we go there we go all right I'm gonna switch up my pick now that you went with the Cardinals I was gonna go with DK Metcalf for the The chase down play, one of the incredible. best, one of the best plays I've seen in my entire life. I know that is possibly hyperbole, but it's not. It's not. That was just incredible. Ten yards to make up on Buda Baker, who, by the way, is a he's fast. playmaker. <laughs> There's a reason they didn't re-sign the Honey Badger because he does exactly what the Honey Badger does. Very. Yeah, I honestly think at this point in their careers, Buda Baker might be better. I mean, he's been better this season. That's okay, for sure. that better way to word it there. Better this season. Yes, I've I've seen every Chiefs game, and I've seen Buda Baker make plays that the Honey Badger hasn't this year. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and go with Todd Gurley. Said, oh. "Hold my beer. I'm not actually as upset about this as I'm trying to play it off as because I have a five hundred thousand dollar incentive to get thirteen touchdowns this year." So hold my beer. I'm going to fall into the end zone right here and get a fatter paycheck at the end of the season. I think Todd might have been, I think he might have been drinking the beers and not having other people hold them at the end of that game. But good for him. I mean, good for his fantasy owners. You're going to lose a shit ton of games regardless. So might as well just get your bonus and your TD, you know? Props to you, Todd Gurley. Yep. I wasn't going to go with Baker if you took DK. For the five touchdown performance, but yeah, I can't really reward Baker because the only team he looks great against is the Bengals. And I think the Bengals have maybe the worst defense in football. So I'm not really buying too much Baker stock right now. If I'm being honest, Ewing theory, Odell. I don't know where you at on that. I got some more later and we'll get to it. I think it's good for Jarvis Landry. Okay. All right. My original award for the week is the, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And it goes to Tom Brady. Because through seven games, he has 1,910 yards. You gave him an award last week. I'll give him an award every week. He's going to get the MVP. He might as well have them all. He might get a Super Bowl too. Because he's on pace for 4,500 yards, 41 TDs, 
and nine interceptions. And this would be the most Ooh. touchdowns he has thrown since 2007 when they went 16-0, and and it was the only time he was ever above 40. And he's statistically on pace to be better than two of his three MVP campaigns. Not bad for an old man. Not bad for an old man, and we might have to jump on that MVP future because that defense is going to win them enough games. Mm-hmm. There's something there. There's something I think there, there is, too. What did you see it at? I saw it at 8-1. to one. Okay. Actually, maybe it was 15-1, to one and Tampa Bay Super Bowl odds were at 8-1. I to thought one. you said 15. 15 much, sounds, much that sounds more like it. Yeah. on that one. I think either would be good. The Super Bowl for the Bucks or MVP for Tom Brady. And if they win 12 games and the Patriots don't go 500, he is an absolute lock for that award, even if his stats aren't quite as good as they're on pace for. Just because of the narrative, the fact that he's old man Brady, everyone counted him out. He had a rough start to the season. And all of a sudden, it looks like the Patriots are really struggling without him. And he's just starting to hit his stride with Tampa Bay and keeps getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the Patriots, my Uh-oh. award is the True Colors Award, and it goes to the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears for showing that they are frauds. I think yeah. the word is out, the jig is up on both of these teams. I think they're both probably, I mean, the Pats aren't even going to make the playoffs at this rate. The Browns are gonna win. They're they're gonna make it in there with their schedule. They still have the Jets and the Giants on their schedule. Cleveland, that is. I just don't see the Pats making it in there. Three straight losses for the New England Patriots. That does not ever happen for Bill Belichick. And come on, getting dominated by the Broncos, and then <laughs> I got something on this. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it later then. But I want to, or unless you're going now. I was just going to say, I don't think Cam's right physically. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but if you watched him throwing the ball and his motion and the way that his shoulder looked when he was throwing, it looked like the end of the days in Carolina where he was bouncing every ball to his receivers. And I think there's a problem with this rotator cuff, and I think it's kind of similar to the Todd Gurley knee issue where he's just never going to be the same again. It does not look good at all. I don't know what their future looks like at this point. But um, on the Chicago Bears, they, yeah. had a, they took a 5-1 and one record into L.A. on Monday night. Granted, a plus-4 win margin on the year. That's ridiculous for a 5-1 and one team. And they looked dreadful against that Rams defense, who we all think they're probably top half of the league, but not outstanding. They got Another two- top 10. They're top 10. Okay, they got two game-changing playmakers on defense, but there's no excuse for how bad that Bears offense was. They have a game-changing defensive coordinator. I think that's been huge when you look at their defense from last season to this season. But back to the Bears, I think it's a Matt Nagy problem. The more and more I watch, the more I see the play calls, and Brian Greasy screwed up. He almost got my award for the, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that award, but... (laughs) What he said about Nagy and Foles at the end of the broadcast was not good. When And I, I think Greasy misconstrued it a little bit because we know Nick Foles. Nick Foles is never going to air his dirty laundry to the ESPN guys before the game for them to show it off on national right. television. Now, I, I don't think he straight up said to Greasy, 
yeah, Matt Nagy's an idiot. Half his play calls, I know that I'm not even going to have time to get the ball off. But the way that it sounded, and even if there's the slightest bit of truth to what Foles said, that's not good. And if I'm being completely honest, I trust Nick Foles with the play calls more than I trust Matt Nagy because when you look at his numbers over his entire time with Chicago, he is not impressive at all. I mean, I told you how I felt about Nick Foles coming into this year anyway, but to to add context to the whole scenario, Foles said he doesn't have time to execute some of the plays that Nagy calls just because of how bad their offensive line is. It showed... I don't know what to do. They can't really. I mean, the draft is nine weeks away for them, and I don't see them going to trade for some guys to come in and help them. David Montgomery doesn't look really worth a damn. So I don't. I don't know what they do differently. They're just gonna blow another great. Here's defense what they, like do. they did with Rex Grossman. They gotta no, no, no. figure something out. Here's what they do: more Cordero Patterson. That's the solution. Wildcat. Get inside the get inside the mind of Matt Nagy. Solution, Patterson. Just slap the Patterson band-aid on it. Run him 12 times a game. Let's throw him five or six screens. Keep him out there for two-thirds of the snaps. Guaranteed to win. Okay. Well, that's my award, the True Colors Award to the Bears and Pats. Let's move it on to fantasy trade targets. Jackson, let's get right into it. I went through each position. Wow. And just wrote down a few names. Running back was very difficult. So really, I'm going to kick it to you and give me a running back that you have in mind first. I've got two and you're going to love the second one. You're going to hate the first one. Okay. You just mentioned the first one, David Montgomery, and I am not against it. I am not necessarily targeting him because I think he's going to have an incredible great yards per carry. He's not going to score a million touchdowns, but the thing is Tariq Cohen's out for the year. All right. They don't have another running back. What they're trying to do with Patterson, getting him snaps, that's not going to last. I mean, with Nagy, you have no idea. Maybe he'll keep trying it, but it's obviously not working. And David Montgomery, since Cohen has gone out, is catching five balls a game. All right. That is five automatic points a game and he's also been getting a decent amount of yards from those catches it's not like he's catching five balls for four yards he's getting four catches for 35 yards six catches for 25 yards some pretty decent numbers and they're going to pound the rock a lot to limit their offensive mistakes especially since they have a bad line they're not going to drop back to pass a ton and just let Foles get beat up and the other thing is weeks 13 through 16 which should be your primetime playoff weeks. You've got Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. Now, I don't think it can get much better than that for the playoff week, so that is why I'm trading for Montgomery. I like that. When you look at that playoff schedule, that's really a home run, and the volume is unbelievable. I don't think you'd have to pay an exorbitant price to get him, so I'm, I'm with you on that. You could probably trade two of your bench guys for him, depending on what your team looks like. Another guy that I'm liking a lot, and just going to throw this out there right now, before you ever go make a trade this far into the year, you look at what their playoff weeks are going to be. And I know you got to get there first, yada, yada, yada. But if your guy's playing matter, yeah, if your guy's playing some of the best defenses in the league in the playoffs, hey, maybe don't go trade for him. If he's going to be going up against the Bears and the Rams and the Buccaneers, those 
you know, three big Raven. matchup weeks leading up to the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid those teams. You want to be going against Atlanta. You want to be going against the Lions. You want to be going against Philly, Jacksonville, the Cowboys, teams of that nature. So with that being said, second guy I'm going after here is Jonathan Taylor. So he's already had his bye week. Marlon Max out for the year. It looked like Naeem Hines was going to get some snaps, but he's been pretty much irrelevant at this point, except for week one. That was the only week he did anything. And Taylor has got the Titans, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Texans again in weeks 12 through 15. So he should be running wild those weeks. And I know to some people you hear the Titans and you just think, oh, that's a pretty good defense. Well, they're not this year. The Titans are a bottom 10 defense. So that's another good matchup fantasy wise. And we all know how bad Houston's defense is. So I think Jonathan Taylor is due for a really solid second half of the year. I like that one. I'll go ahead with a couple of running backs myself. I think James right. Robinson played his way out of trade potential this last week. Another 30 point game. He's RB two on the year. I think right now I'm selling high on him. I'm dumping him. Really? Okay. I traded him for Jonathan Taylor in one league. Interesting. Um, I was going to go with someone who's more of a patch your team up right now, get you into the playoffs, and you play him at the flex down the re- down the road here. That's Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I mean, on the eye, this guy is clearly better than Kenyon Drake. It's not even an argument. He is also not close getting the pass, all of the pass game thrown to him so i think he had seven catches for 87 yards against the seahawks granted it was a great matchup drake is going to be out a few weeks i know they have a bye this week but Edmonds will be starting probably a week or two at the very minimum and then when drake comes back we'll see if he can win his job back because yeah. i think Edmonds is gonna f- star in this role I think the Cardinals have shown they're actually a good enough team to compete, to put points on the board with Kyler's legs. They're going to be able to move the ball. So I would go get Chase Edmonds if you need a running back. The second guy I had was Antonio Gibson, another Mm. guy I don't think you need to throw a lot at to pry him away from somebody. He's valuable in the pass game. He's starting to get more carries each week. He's getting better each week. He plays in the NFC East where he's going to have a lot of good matchups down the road. He's going to play Dallas again. So I think that's another guy you could go get. I like that. I like both those a lot. I also have Gibson on a team. So I like hearing that. Going to move it on to wide receivers here unless you've got any other running backs. Uh, No, let's go back and forth, though. All right. So first wide receiver that I am going after, Jarvis Landry. I mentioned it earlier. You had noted that the Browns and Baker are actually better with Odell off the field. I'm not going to take too much stock in that, but I am going to take stock in the fact that Jarvis Landry is now the clear number one on that team. And before Odell had arrived, him and Baker had a really good connection. Landry was a fringe top 10 wide receiver for fantasy. And I expect his numbers to skyrocket with Odell out of the lineup. Listen to the remaining games on the Browns schedule here. Las Vegas, Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore. It's the only tough game. Baltimore, Giants, Jets. Let's go. 
and Jets are week 16. I didn't include week 17 when they play Pittsburgh because it's irrelevant for fantasy. But right. I mean, that is an absolute cakewalk of the schedule. And even if Cleveland is struggling in these games, they're going to be throwing from behind. He's going to have to throw it to Landry. I mean, that's your most reliable wide receiver. And at this point, that's probably your best bet for a big play. So I think Landry's numbers are going to be incredible the second half of the season with no Odell. Very interesting. I think he's a high floor guy, but I don't think he's much of a boom guy. I think he is a wide receiver too or flex throughout the second half of the year. And he's also someone that you are not going to have to trade much at all for because he's probably on someone's bench right now. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with an in-division rival. All right. T. Higgins, the rookie really? for the Cincinnati Bengals. The last five weeks, 21 points, 13, 10.2, 18.7, 18.8. He has a clear connection with Joe Burrow, who's dropping back more than any quarterback in the NFL. They're going to continue to be down in games. They're playing yep. the Titans this week. He's about to ball out again. I'll put money on it. Go get T. Higgins, another guy who you could play at wide receiver two. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, at the rate he's been playing. I've got him in one league, and I've just left him stashed on my bench because I get so nervous with, you got A.J. Green out there, and you got Boyd out there too. And I know that when you're down that much, dropping back to pass so frequently that three guys can eat. But I just get worried for the rest of the season that, AJ Green's going to keep picking it up and keep getting better, and he's mm. going to really become Burrow's number one guy. I don't know. I think Higgins has a pretty good connection with him thus far. He's got Dallas and Houston as two of his playoff weeks. That's solid. A good target to get, I would say. Yeah, I don't disagree. I guess at this point, any of those three Bengals wide receivers are probably flex worthy. Yeah. You got another? Yep, I've got one other guy, and you are going to absolutely hate this. I mean, hate it. All right. It's Mike Evans, and let me tell you why. Yeah, I know, not what you would think. Buy low. So I'm buying very low. I literally have in all caps in parentheses beside it, buy low. Um, So the thing is, obviously, we've got AB coming in. And to most people, you would think, oh, AB's coming in. Mike Evans' touches are going to go, and targets are going to go down even more. Well, the exact opposite is going to happen, and this is why. Scotty Miller, after the game, I don't want to misquote him here, but he said something along the lines of, yeah, I'm having some great games because I'm one-on-one anytime Mike is out there. Mike's getting doubled every single snap. Mm -hmm. And so with Mike Evans getting the double team, Scotty Miller's getting the easy one-on-ones. You put A.B. into that Scotty Miller role, which is where he'll be, they aren't going to be playing one-on-one with A.B. every single snap because he is going to torch the shit out of them. If he is <laughs> yeah, anywhere he close, anywhere close to the player that he has been for the last five years. Bruce Arians reported tonight he looked fantastic in his first workout. I know. If you're a workout guy. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a workout guy. So that's why I'm thinking that Mike Evans is going to see a lot more one-on-one matchups. And I think that as AB becomes more of a problem and the more snaps he gets with the Tampa Bay offense, it's going to free up Mike Evans and it's going to make him exponentially better because playing one-on-one versus getting doubled is a totally different ball game. And I guarantee if Evans is one-on-one, Brady's going to look his way because Brady's just too smart to throw into double coverage all the time. He's not going to do it. Yeah, 
I don't hate that. I, I have heard some of that sentiment with AB coming in, so I'm not totally against it. He's okay. Wide receiver 21 on the year right now, and looking He'll at his schedule. top 15. Looking at his schedule, a lot of good games. They do play the Rams, but Jalen Ramsey can't cover AB, Chris <laughs> yeah. Godwin, and Mike <laughs> Evans. So take They're going to have pick. to pick one. Yeah. Yep. I'm with that. All right. Any other wide receivers you've got? Yeah, I'll make this quick. Deontay Johnson, you saw what he could do when he's healthy. He's, I mean, you you, tr- you make an offer for him. The guy will click on him. He'll say, ah, I wish I didn't bench him last week. He's playing Baltimore this week. Position rank 50-something. Like Misses a bunch of games. He's yeah. injury prone. It's a perfect storm to go get this guy because when he's on the field and healthy, he's getting at least 10 targets a game. That's all I yep. got to say. Watch him after the catch. Woo! Go get him. I feel the same way about AJ Brown, but he's a guy that you yeah. probably have to buy a little bit higher on. I don't I would not trade AJ Brown. I'm not trading him. I have him in two leagues. He ain't yeah. going nowhere. Uh all right. Any other receivers you got? Nope. All right. So the only other thing that I've got here, go trade for someone on the Packers. If you're really looking for a guy that's got good matchups late in the season, because weeks 13 through 16, they have got the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Titans. And that's a cakewalk of a playoff fantasy matchup schedule. So I don't really know if your quarterback situation is going to leave you an opportunity to go try and get Aaron Rodgers, maybe, but he would be a good guy to have for the playoffs and maybe Jamal Williams. If Aaron Jones stays down, or maybe the fact that Aaron Jones is banged up right now means you can buy a little bit lower on him and not have to trade a King's ransom for him. So it's going to be tough to do, but if you can go get anybody from the Packers, now is the time to do it. Okay. I got a couple other names here. I'll mention a quarterback first, and then I'll run some guys by you and ask you what you think. All right. Justin Herbert. People still think, oh, he's a rookie. He might not be that good. No, he's legit. Woo, he's he's legit. legit, and he picks up yards on the ground. He gets some of that rushing floor that I've talked about with Lamar last year, if you listen to the pod, Josh Allen this year. Go get Herbert if you can. I think I think you can snag him from somebody. And the Chargers suck. They're going to be behind yeah. in a lot of games throwing. So Very much a Joe Burrow uh, comparable, I would say. Yes. Um, yes. And then some people I want to run by you. Gronk, right. I know you traded for him. Yes, I love Gronk right now. I think it might be a little too late to go trade for him. I think he might be near and untouchable just because of how valuable a position like tight end is, you know, there's really only three tight ends putting up big numbers so far this year. So Mm -hmm. definitely go get Gronk if you can, if it's not too late already. Yeah. And that connection with Brady, you know, he's going to get some targets every game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then these are two guys. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on. Okay. I'm saying monitor Mike Gesicki with Tua starting now. Agree. 100% 100% agree. Maybe you stash him this week if you have an extra bench spot just yep. in case he pops and then you're not able to get him the next. And I've got him stashed in three just for that reason mm-hmm. right there. Um, On the same topic, Brandon Ayuk, absolutely pick him up. I That's someone I should have mentioned at receiver. Debo's yep. out a few weeks. He's going to get the touches. Um, absolutely. But the last guy, and let's move it on, Albert... Ogwig, Ogwigabunum or whatever from the Denver Broncos 
This is Drew Locke's guy from Mizzou. This Did is you say reason. his name again? It's Okwu Agbunum or something. I, I'm not pronouncing it right right now. Albert O. Albert O. Broncos right, I've watched a ton of Broncos so far this season. So you think he's going to cut into Noah Fance? Yeah. Share a touches? I do. He had seven catches this last week. He is very athletic. I think he ran a 4 4 4 5. Wait, is it Ogumbawale or something like that? Is that how you say it? Let me let me just look it up. I have o- Ogumbawale is sticking in my brain for o- some Dare reason. Dare Ogbunawale was the Bucks pass catching back last season. That's who you're thinking okay. of. Okay, okay, okay. Um let me find this guy. Okwu Ogbunum. Oh, I've heard that. Albert O. Okay. Albert O. He had two catches his first week, which was week six, two for 45, and then he had seven for 60 against Kansas City this last week. Just someone to monitor. Definitely someone to monitor. All right, that's all I got. Let's move on to some NFL power rankings. We're going to kind of look big picture here, look at the landscape of who we really think are the legit contenders, could win their conference, go to the Super Bowl, and we're kind of just going to... I've got tiers. Peter's got it broken up by conference. So we're kind of just going to go through it all and give our thoughts on where these teams are at. So Peter, take it away here. I think we should start with the the actual standings right now. In the AFC, Pittsburgh will get the first round by at 6-0. The matchup against Baltimore this week is massive for the first seed in the AFC. They could get a two-game lead on the Ravens and then put the pressure on Kansas City to keep it up. Um, we got Pittsburgh 1, Kansas City 2, Tennessee 3, Buffalo 4, Baltimore 5, Cleveland, and then Indianapolis rounding out the playoff spots. I think we'll get a little bit of shakeup, but for the most yep. part, I think those probably six of those teams will be in there. I agree. I think that's going to stay at least one through four or five. I think that's going to be pretty locked in for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. In the NFC, you got Green Bay, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, (laughs) a two and four as a four seed. Two, four and one. Don't forget the two, four and one. And then Chicago, Arizona and the Rams at seven leaving New Orleans and San Francisco on the outside looking in. I think we're going to see a lot change on that side. I think that one could change massively. I think the teams at the top could finish as wildcard teams. I think some of the teams that are outside looking in right now might finish with some of the better records in the conference. Like the 49ers could get hot and end up being like 11 and five and all of a sudden looking like the team they were last season. Yeah, speaking of them, I got them fourth in my NFC rankings right now, even with the injuries and everything. But we don't have to get into that yet. Let's just go through my top nine, because I have a list of nine teams who I'm actually scared about playing in the playoffs. And I want to Okay, I've got seven. I've got seven teams that I actually think could run the table. Okay, let's see how we compare. Here's my power rankings. Kansas City 1. Agree. Pittsburgh 2. Tampa Bay 3. I'm assuming who that's... I have have those flip-flopped. Okay. Baltimore 4. 
but I'm not sold on Lamar in the playoffs. Green Bay, five. Okay. Seattle, six because of Russ. All right. San Francisco, seven. Rams, eight. And Tennessee, nine. We're pretty similar, but it's funny that I just said that about the 49ers. This is going to piss you off a little bit. Sure. I have them down at 14. Whoa, 14? 14. How? Let's talk about them. Yeah, so I've got my tiers broken down as this. I have my legit contenders, the teams I am 100% all in on. I know they're going to be there at the end of the year, or at least darn close. And that's Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, and then I've got my fringe contenders. Agreed. And then I've got my fringe contenders of teams I think could run the table, but got to fix some stuff. And that is Green Bay 4, Seattle 5. Tennessee six and the Rams seven. And I was not that sold on the Rams, but after seeing what they did to the bears and how good this defense is looking they've been there before. Yes, exactly. And Sean McVay is a wizard. Let's not forget that. So those are my teams that I think are the fringe contenders. And then I have my pretender contenders and that is the Ravens leading the charge at number eight. I think they're obviously going to be in the playoffs, they don't scare me one lick. I would bet against them in every single playoff game they're in until Lamar proves me otherwise. So that's how I feel about them. And then I've got the Cardinals behind them at number nine. After seeing them beat Seattle, they jumped up a ridiculous amount for me. Saints 10, still not really sold on them, but they're eh, kind of back and forth. Colts 11, Bears 12, Bills 13. Those are all teams that I'm kind of like, yeah, they could do it, but they can't. Okay. On the NFC, I had Tampa, Green Bay, Seattle, San Francisco, Rams. And then six through eight, I think New Orleans, Arizona, and Chicago all have the potential to sort themselves out and make a leap into the top as the rest of the season goes on. And then after that, it's a clear drop off with Carolina and Detroit. Yep. I completely agree with that. And the reason, I, I guess part of the reason that I have the 49ers so low is because they're going to be stuck on the outside looking in for a long time, probably right up until the end of the season, just with how good their division is. And so the next tier that I have is fighting for playoff spots. And these are teams that I think are just going to be lucky to get in. And it's 49ers, Panthers, Patriots, Dolphins, Browns, Lions, Raiders, Eagles, Chargers, and Redskins. They're all teams that are just kind of like meh to me, just meh. And the 49ers are at the top of that because this last week they did prove a lot, but I'm not so sure that the Patriots are actually any good at all anymore. So I'm getting there. I'm about a loss away from being entirely out on them. I don't like, I want to give bill the benefit of the doubt because in my lifetime, I've never had a reason not to. So I'm going to give him another week or two to figure it out. And the 49ers, I need another week or two before I can see whether or not they're really still the same team and injuries just momentarily set them back. Or if there really has been that big drop off for them that you and I predicted. Okay. Yeah. The teams that I think can make the biggest leap between now and the rest of the year, Tennessee, I still think they can prove something. If they can figure it out defensively, they'll be right there. I don't think they make wanna... a trade? 
You think Tennessee makes a trade before the deadline goes and gets them a, a Gilmore. Gilmore or someone yeah. like that that you'd mentioned? Yeah, 100%. I think they're the perfect spot to go get Stephon Gilmore. They need a lockdown corner. Malcolm Butler's okay, but he's not. He's a good role player, like in NBA terms is how I see him. Like, would I want that yeah. to be my starting guy? No. Coming off the bench, yeah, I feel fine about him. Like, he can be my number two or three corner, and I feel good, but he doesn't need to be my number one corner. Exactly. And there's a few teams that I think could have gone out there and gotten Yannick Ngakwe since he was on the block, apparently. Mm-hmm. And that's the Titans, the Seahawks. And who is the other? Yeah, no, mainly just those two teams. We saw the Seahawks trade for Carlos Dunlap today from the Bengals, who had previously <laughs> listed his house on Twitter. I don't yeah, know did you know that there was the option to get it furnished or not furnished? I listened to Ryan Russillo and Kevin Clark talk about that for 15 minutes. Really? No, yeah. I didn't. I did not know that. But that is just a hilarious story. He knew it was coming, apparently. Absolutely. Uh, he was the one who forced it and made it happen because they demoted him to third stringer. And he just said, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done. Unbelievable. Yeah. Very questionable. What do you see happening on the trade front? Do you think there's any big moves to be made? Because everything that I have heard kind of sounded like there's going to be some fringe moves, you know, like a third or fourth rounder traded for a guy here and there, but we're not going to see Julio Jones or Gilmore or someone like that probably get moved. I could actually see Gilmore being moved over Julio Jones. Julio, Julio, he's just got too much money committed. The Falcons would just be sitting on so much dead cap if they did that. Yeah, that that would be a very interesting move. Um, some sellers. I think the Cowboys are certainly a team that could get rid of some people. We I think they might just cut everyone. I think they did today, damn near. Yeah, Don Terry Poe and Daryl Worley both got released today. They traded Everson Griffin to the Lions. I do not understand why they did that. I guess they're just saying we're not going to compete this year. So he's also been pitiful. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he helped them at all. I've watched a couple Cowboys games, and I he was invisible. Honestly, I'd forgotten that he was on that team. Right. I thought he was still in Minnesota. Yeah. So I, I think they could make a few additional moves, but it's bleak. Um. Are they going to trade a wide receiver? You think they maybe go no. try to get something for Amari? No, absolutely. I guess they not. signed him to that huge deal. Yeah, absolutely not. Those receivers are staying put. Jerry will keep What about there. Zeke? What if you could find someone willing to take Zeke's awful contract? You would get fired if you traded for Zeke. <laughs> Jets could replace Le'Veon with him. Completely. Adam Gase might like that. Completely. I think him and Gase, him and Gase would get along well. Yeah, he could be very productive in that offense. <laughs> no, all right. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, we'll see if there's any additional moves. I think the Ngakwe move for the Ravens was the biggest game changer we'll probably see throughout the rest of the deadline. With, I agree. With that being said, because I have a little bit on this game in bankroll builders. Why don't we just move it on and recap some of the hits from last week? Because we pulled some money. Oh, yeah, baby. So last week, I lied to you all, and I'm sorry. I said I was going to have a perfect week. 
and I was wrong. All right. It started with Carolina. I had them, their money line and heartbreaking loss to the Saints. I really thought they were going to get it done. They did not. I missed that. And then I also missed the tease with the Bears, Tampa Bay, and then the Lions and Falcons over. And then I also missed my money line parlay that had the Bears. And How many picks I'm, did you give out? I had five. And I missed three. Gosh. But my two wins. Here's the thing, here's the thing. We won ninety dollars. Okay. Yeah. So we also hit Tampa Bay covering the spread. And then we had our $40 teaser. It was a five-team, seven-point teaser. Chiefs minus two and a half over Denver. Carolina plus 14 and a half versus the Saints. Bills minus six versus the Jets. That one made me sweat. I did not think that would be the one that almost blew it for me, but the Bills pulled it out of their ass, got it done with a bunch of field goals. And then Packers plus three and a half versus the Texans and the Eagles plus four versus the Giants, which also made me sweat a little bit, but 40 on that to win 120. And so we hit two of the bets, missed three, but still netted $90. So a damn good weekend, if you ask me. Yeah, excellent weekend. I hope you have less picks to give out this week because our listeners better have fat bankrolls if they're going to jump on all of them. Uh, You can pick and choose. I definitely have a few big ones lined up this weekend. Oh, great. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Update us on the bankroll before I run through mine. Yeah, we're at $315. I've almost doubled my money every single week. Started with 50 up to 315 through seven weeks. I have made over six times my starting bankroll. So I'm on to something, Peter. I mean, yeah. the, the picks might be a little tough to listen to with all the teasers and bullshit I got going on. <laughs> but dude, I'm hacking into the mainframe of the NFL here. I've got the system. Hey, you got that St. Louis Cardinals Astros ish going on there. Heck yeah. I'm stealing the signs, bro. I know what's coming. Yep. Okay. My update I was at 170 last week, hit two out of three. I'm up to $200. 4X on the bankroll so far. So, woo. I mean, we're absolutely crushing it this year. (laughs) Yeah. We told you what to do take all of our picks all season long and look where you'll be yep don't pick and choose don't pick and choose tail them all tail Tail them all all. if you gotta we ain't betting that much but hey do what you gotta do to follow us yep i had two units on tampa bay minus three over the raiders that team is the most complete in the nfc they got the job done yep two units on a two team six point tees the Chargers over the Jags. That made me sweat, man. Let me tell you. But hey, betting against the Jags is profitable. And then I had Arizona plus nine and a half against the Seahawks. They won outright. And then I had one unit on the parlay to pay out three to one. Packers money line over the Texans. Rams money line over the Bears. And the Bills screwed me over, of course. I had a minus 12 against the spread against the Jets. So I'm about done with the bills. Yeah, I, I legitimately think Miami is going to win that division. I, I'm sorry. I know that sounds Possible. stupid, but at this point, if Tua can just be as good as Fitzpatrick, maybe a little bit better and peak toward the end of the year, I really do think that they're going to get it done with 10 or 11 wins in that division. But we'll see. Playing we the Rams see. this week in his debut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got something on that for you. Don't worry. We'll get there. 
But I got to give you your props on the Cardinals. Last week when we were recording, I told you I was iffy on that game. I thought the Cardinals could win. Also thought they could get blown out. After having a pretty good Sunday afternoon, I decided to go ahead and hop on the Cardinals money line train, and thankfully it paid off. It was quite an exhilarating Sunday night. Hell of a game. Best of the year. Hell of a game. I'll put it this way. My roommate does not care about football at all. He has never watched an NFL game all the way through. Wow. This was his first one. I had him watch it with me, and this dude was locked in. I thought he was more excited than me at certain points. When DK Metcalf chased down Buda Baker, I had legitimately <laughs> thought he shat his pants. He was screaming and yelling, going crazy. That was an athletic feat. I don't know what else to say. No, that was a great first game to watch, too, as a new NFL fan. I'm going to go ahead and phrase it that way because I think he'll be back this weekend for more. Hell yeah. All right. Let's hear your first pick. All right. First pick of the week. We're starting off pretty big here. This is my can't lose tease of the weekend. It is a four team tease, six and a half points. I am putting five units. That is $50 on it. I feel incredible about it. We have got Tampa Bay minus four against the Giants. Absolute lock. No way that misses. Pittsburgh plus 10 and a half against the Ravens. I think they win this game. 10 and a half points any day of the week. I'll take that. We've got Kansas City minus 13 versus the Jets. I know the Jets held Buffalo relatively close. It's Kansas City. Dude, there's no way the Jets keep this within two touchdowns. Unless Adam Gase gets fired tomorrow, then maybe I'll be a little bit nervous. I know they took the play calling duties from him and the offense looked a little bit better. They put up four yards of offense in the second half. Okay, well, Gase probably would have had like negative seven the entire game. Okay, I revoke my previous statement. But wow, I didn't think you could get worse than Gase. But you know what? Four yards in one half. Gase would have been worse than that. All right, I didn't watch the second half. If I'm being completely honest, because I was so nervous the Bills were going to screw me on my tees, so I didn't even look. I was just checking the score for updates every once in a while. But four yards, uh, that's tough. And anyway, back to the tees here. Last leg, Eagles minus one versus your beloved Cowboys. So Tampa Bay against the Giants, Pitt against the Ravens, Kansas City versus the Jets, Eagles versus Cowboys. It is 50 to win a 107.5. I'm on board with all of that. The Kansas City one actually makes me the scaredest just because of that large number. It's a big number, I will say. It is a very big number. When I saw the spread open above 20 points, I was rolling laughing out loud because I thought it was hilarious that they're giving them 20 points against the Jets. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a line that big from Vegas. That's massive, but I could, I could see that hitting for you. I'll, All right. What have you got first? I'll go ahead and give out my two-team six-point tees. You guys okay. know I haven't missed one all season long, so we're getting back to it. Can't two, confirm. Two units here. I'm on the Niners plus nine at Seattle. Seattle has lost four straight division games. The, the Niners they also they also have to play every single game as close as they can. So I like that. Yeah. So them winning against this Kyle Shanahan coach team by more than a touchdown. I just don't see it happening. Agreed. 
The Niners are figuring it out. It doesn't matter who's running the ball. Jamichael Hasey will run all over him. Brandon Ayuk is about to have a 150-yard game receiving, calling it now. Second leg, Tampa Bay minus four and a half at the Giants. Oh, yeah. I locked that in today, so that's why the, the lines are a little bit different for us. But well, I actually took six and a half, I think is why you have six. Oh, okay. But how in the hell could that miss? There's zero. I don't know. There's zero chance they don't win they that could game take by Tom more Brady than a off touchdown. that roster. Yeah, take Tom Brady off the roster. Put Jameis back on the roster. I still think they win by two touchdowns. Okay, there you that's, have it. To put it in perspective, that's how I feel about that one. Um, I'll go ahead and throw out my two-team teaser that is also six points that I've got next. I've got the Lions plus nine and the Panthers plus three and a half. And looking at it originally, I didn't love either of these lines. But after I started playing with the T's and giving myself some points, I really fell in love with this because the Lions are playing the Colts. And this just has Phil Rivers throwing an interception to lose the game last second written all over it. I don't think the Colts are good enough to blow them out. And Detroit's offense is just so good at playing in garbage time and coming from behind it might take a backdoor cover here but I'll take it and then the Panthers plus three and a half against Atlanta we saw them play three weeks ago the Panthers were in control the entire time I don't know why Vegas still likes Atlanta so much I really don't get it because every single week I look at the Atlanta spread and think how the hell did they give Atlanta this much credit yeah 100 percent um I was actually looking at making a four-team teaser or something because you hit big on one last yeah. week. The Lions are a game I really liked. I just I liked the Niners a little bit better because I think they're better coached, so that's why I put them in mind. Oh, definitely. I so, completely hear that. Yeah, I'm with you on that Lions pick, though, 100%. I don't really see that Colts offense being explosive enough to break it away in big fashion they'd have to hold the lions to a shutout. I mean, I think that's the only way that the Colts win by a two score margin or more, if we're being honest Mm -hmm. And that Panthers Falcons game, that's an exciting Thursday night game, man. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch the Panthers as much as I would like this year. Really? Yeah. They've been one of my side teams. I've got them on my second TV a lot and red zone on the main one. Yeah. Well, when the Cowboys are on, I, throw it on until this week you still watch them <laughs> until this last week i'm I'm just done poor guy I'm this done. is can we see can we flex okay. the sunday night game Please. can we also can we do something with the schedule like you're really telling me two of the three primetime games we have we're getting atlanta in one of them and the cowboys in the other i mean come on man come on yeah monday night bucks giants yeah, that's a whole lot better. Yeah, it's that'll be at least be entertaining. Um, what was your other leg? Panthers. It was pa- Panthers yeah. and the Lions. Panthers. Yeah, same thing. Better coaching than the Falcons. I know Teddy's not already. a dog, but he'll he'll keep them in this game, and they almost beat the Saints this last week. So I like yep. it. All right, what do you got next? All right, I'm going to save the parlay for last. I'm going to go got to. Against the spread, Green Bay minus six and a half against the Vikings, who just traded away their best pass rusher. 
and and Daniil Hunter is out for the season. They are getting Dalvin Cook back, though. You know that, right? That's totally fine, but they're going to have zero pass rush here against Aaron Rodgers, and we saw the difference between when you do have a pass rush with Tampa Bay and when you don't have a pass rush or good corners with the Texans. So I think Green Bay is going to be able to move the ball all over the field. Week one, we had a score Agami 43 to 34. That was cool. I think it could be a similar type score in this game. Packers are going to keep it rolling, battling for that one seed. So I got two units on the Packers here too. So I like the Packers, but something about this game just screams trap to me. And I'm staying away just because it's one of those weird division rivalry games where I feel like somehow the Vikings might pull out like one of those what the hell, how did they win that games? And Hmm. I'm just staying away from, and I think, you know, there's a 90% chance Green Bay wins. It's probably not even close, but I think there's a small chance Minnesota comes out and shocks them, and I don't know why or how it would happen or Kirk Cousins. I mean, why would I even say that? But I just got a weird feeling, man. Weird feeling on that one. All right. Well, I'm just reminding you their only win was over the Texans this year. I know. I know. Uh, Poor Vikings fans, man. Those guys. Uh, All right. My next bet here, the Dolphins. Okay. This is very intriguing. On the record, I'm a Dolphins fan. I proclaimed my fandom before the start of the season, and uh, it's time to really kick that fandom into full gear here because we got Tua coming, and I'm taking the Miami Dolphins money line plus 160, just putting one unit on it. I think they beat the Rams, and it is a home game for them. And let me remind you that Miami is going to have a lot of fans there. All right, they've moved up from the ten or twelve percent capacity or whatever to a point where I think it's damn near going to be a full stadium. So they're going to have an actual home field advantage for really the first time this whole season, I believe. And you know, I'm not sure what the actual capacity is. I think it's more than half for sure. But you know those Dolphins fans are going to be going crazy for Tua. Absolutely crazy. I know at one point Miami got approved to have full capacity, but I'm not sure if they've kicked it up to that yet. I imagine you're looking this up right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you're not? Okay. Well, anyway, Miami should have a lot of fans there regardless. So real home field advantage. I think Tua balls in his first start. And I know it's going to be extremely tough to prevent Aaron Donald from just wrecking havoc. But if you can just slow the man down the slightest bit, I think two is going to play really well. I just wish we couldn't have started two against Aaron Donald in his first game. The tough ask, but they're coming off a bye also. And that's something to think about because you know that Brian Flores is going to have these guys ready to go and they're going to have a really good game plan in place. Yep. hundred percent. Um, and other thing, Rams got a short week. They played Monday night. You compare a six days rest to a 14 day rest and that's a big difference. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about a concept we talked about this week when you are picking an underdog on the money line, Mm -hmm. you should pair it with the underdog against the spread. 
are you doing this? Well, the the real theory is if you're picking an, a dog against the spread, you always take the money line because the statistics tell you that you'll get a return on your investment when the money when the dogs win outright. So throwing yeah, that out there, what do you I think? I hear that. I've got them in a tease. So my next bet, I have them okay. in there. And that that's kind of my logic. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth on that. And this game specifically, I think Miami wins or they lose by like seven to 14 points, and <laughs> <laughs> which happens to fall just outside of the spread. So All right, that's my, fair. My next bet here, I've got a three-team teaser, six and a half points, two units on it. It's Chargers plus three and a half versus the Broncos. I know you're going to like that one. Dolphins plus ten and a half versus the Rams. And then the Raiders plus nine versus the Browns. Okay. The Chargers actually do scare me a little, but I think they're more talented than the Broncos. That's exactly where I'm at. And I think both of them are pretty poorly coached and it might, it might come down to quarterback play. And at this point I'll take Herbert. Totally on board with that. Um, Like the lions, the Raiders were also a line I was looking at in teasers. Uh, I I don't know. I think Rudin's doing a pretty good job, but they just got completely outclassed last week. Don't, don't read too far into that. They were playing the bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the Bucks are in a totally different league from the Raiders and the Browns. That should be a good matchup. I like that pick, I, I gotta say. All right, thank you very much. And I believe that takes us to both of our Moneyline parlays now. <laughs> yeah, mine is only two legs this week, but it pays out five to one. Do you have two dogs in there? Yep. Okay, so you have the Steelers. I got the Steelers. And then you also have the... Mm, Been talking them up. The 49ers. Okay, okay. I'm going with two great coaches, two teams very capable of winning. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. They're going to blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson in this game. Force him to make great throws which kansas city did this and it did not work i just don't see how this is not going to be a close game it could come down to the wire here and i agree yes big ben is going to have to protect the ball better than he did against the titans but man we saw what they could do early against a really potent offense they just shut him down took a massive lead so i really like him in this spot and I was looking at last year's results with Mason Rudolph starting in, I think it was week eight or so. The game Played went to close. overtime. Yeah. And then last game of the year, they kind of got blown out, but Duck Hodges was starting. You can just toss that out the window. Yeah, it, it was not even, you, you can't even take that into consideration. That game has <laughs> an asterisk by it for sure. And the way that I feel about Baltimore and Pittsburgh is kind of, Pittsburgh's defense is so good, Baltimore's not going to be able to throw their way back into games. And I've kind of said this a few times. I think when Lamar gets down more than a touchdown, he's not going to be able to throw the Ravens back into the game, really just because of offensive line not being amazing like it was last year. They don't have the weapons that a lot of other teams do. And I don't think 
when you make Lamar a pocket passer, he is quite as good as a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league. So no. the beat that I have on this game is if the Steelers get up by more than seven points, it's over. It's done. I know the Titans came back on them last week, and this sounds crazy to say, but I would much rather have Ryan Tannehill mounting a comeback than Lamar Jackson. You beat him in the playoffs last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you have it. San Francisco 49ers at Seattle, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. I like it. All right. To bring it to a close, I have got my money line parlay as well, and it is $15 to win $71 plus $473. And we've got the Eagles over the Cowboys. You're not going to like this next one. We got the Titans over the Bengals. I know that could be maybe a little bit of a trap game and close, but I think the Titans get it done. Then we got Tampa Bay over the Giants and then Steelers over Ravens where we get the value. Okay. You got Titans, Steelers, Eagles, Eagles, Buccaneers. Buccaneers. And the payout is? It is plus 473. Okay. So we got pretty similar payouts. I chose three heavy favorites instead of the 49ers pretty much. And the Steelers. Yeah, we both got the Steelers in there. Eagles are going to win. Bucks are going to win. The Titans, I don't know why I feel hairy about it. I think it's because Joe Burrow covers too. every single game. He keeps including them close, last week. Yeah, I think the Titans get it done, even if it is a close game. Yeah, um, I was thinking it could be like a 14-point game, and maybe this is a bad spot for the Bengals, but Burrow's been competitive. We'll see. Um, yeah. Okay. We really like the Steelers this week. I love the Steelers. I might sprinkle a little bit just on their straight money line also at plus 170. Okay. Well, all right. Y'all know the drill. Tail our bets. We can't lose. I mean, we're profitable pretty much every week. Our bad weeks are like, oh, we only won $10 this week. So (laughs) make sure y'all tune in next week and get more bets. Stay up to date on what we're doing because we're going to the moon and we just keep winning. Yeah, and I'm not even going to run back through them. I'm just going to tweet them out. Yep, I think that's the drill because to try and run through all of mine right now might put someone's brain in a blender and I don't want to do that to anyone because they're complicated. I'm not going to lie. We'll just just make a thread. At OK Pistol, at Jackson, that's J-A-Triple-X-O-N-918, baby. Yes, sir. Can't let anyone know my real name. (laughs) All right, you heard it here first. We're going to win more money. We're ready for... Week eight, halfway through the season. Let's do it. This is episode 84 of the ATM, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.